Ohio State has done it again. Another top 10 win, another win over Penn State, and another step closer uh, to that huge matchup at the end of the season with Ohio State still unbeaten in Big Ten play in 7-0. The final was Buckeyes 20, Penn State 12 on Saturday in the Horseshoe. Zach Boren is right there. It's the Sunday Blitz. How would you describe it, Zach? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Anytime you can get a top 10 win, no matter how it looks, uh, no matter what you need to do in order to come out with a victory, I love it. And so uh, Buckeye Nation should be happy. The players should be happy. You know, the, the best feeling is when you go in on a Sunday after a big win, knowing like, hey, we didn't play great and there's still a lot of room for growth. And I think that's what they're having uh, over there at the Woody Hayes facility today. And this team has to be excited and continue. We've talked about the past couple of weeks, continue building that confidence level that we've seen. Yeah, it's kind of, it's interesting to talk about this win over Penn State that way, Zach, like, we could go through and nitpick a lot of things that happened for Ohio State as we've done for other games, but it almost feels like at some point that stuff doesn't really matter. If you beat a team that's top 10 in the country, you are never really in jeopardy of losing the game. It could have been a two-score game. It got a little weird in the last four minutes, at least with Penn State finally having some success against at least a, a prevent defense. Like The conversation for the last six weeks has been, hey, maybe these things will get Ohio State beat against good teams. But it did not. And that seems more important than anything else. No, I completely agree with you. And I think anyone who discredits this win from that standpoint, up until last week, up until actually yesterday, there were so many people across college football that were saying Penn State was going to be a Final Four team, right? There were people going into the game this weekend saying, Penn State's going to win this football game, and when they do, they are then the favorite to win the Big Ten and to get one of the Final Four playoff spots. So for people to now start backtracking and say, well, you know, it team didn't really look complete, you know, all these things, screw that. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a, an Ohio State football team that plays damn good defense, uh, that is doing everything that they need to do to win the game. And I hate to say it, it, this is kind of the the first time where we've seen Ohio in the past. In the past, anytime they're in a, a tight game, they always need the offense to to make a play. Right? You look at Oregon a couple years ago. You even look at the Georgia and Michigan game last year. Now this team is like, hey, listen, doesn't matter what happens. Guess what? We're going to do enough to come out victorious, and we're in a good spot. Yeah, I, I think that's what's amusing me most on this uh, episode of Sunday Blitz is I, I'm reading some of the national media coverage, Zach, and like a handful of these people that picked Penn State to win, then they leave and they come to the horseshoe on Saturday night. They write, well, this says more about the team that lost than the team that won. I don't think so. If if everyone has spent the last four years criticizing the Ohio State defense and then they go win by throttling Penn State and, hold, and going 15 straight third downs with stops, like, that should be pretty significant. That should send off some alarm bells, in my opinion, about the way that this Ohio State team is constructed because, yes, they can still probably play a more complete offensive performance, but if you have a defense like this that may be the best in the country and certainly made a case for that on Saturday, guess what? I think there's an old cliche about defenses winning. I, is it championships? I, I can't remember. No doubt, and I don't understand why people are, it goes back, discrediting discrediting this defense like that performance that 
they gave yesterday, I think one for 16 on third downs that Penn State had, like now they've completely flipped the script and say, well, Penn State doesn't have a good offense. They weren't saying that going into the game Saturday. I think Penn State's offense was ranked as tops in the country. They went however many games, you know, they were averaging however many points a game, this and that. They had the top defense in the country, you know, uh, complement with a with a great offense. Drew Aller's going to, you know, this is his coming out game, all of this stuff. So now once Ohio State's defense put on that performance, why has the script uh, why is the script flipped? Like that's what I don't get. People should be giving credit to the Ohio State defense. People should be saying, "Oh my goodness, this Ohio State team is a lot more dangerous than we thought because defense travels." Right? We've seen it the past couple of years. It's it's hard for offense to put up 40, 50 points a game and travel the offense. Defense is going to travel. And so when you go to Wisconsin this week, when you who knows what's going to shape up here in uh, in New Jersey in two weeks, right? You got a six and two Rutgers football team, but oh, you know, and boy. then you've got the end of the year with that team up north. Defense is going to travel, and this defense is playing well. Zach, what is what is it that this defense is doing so well in your mind? They're just not making mistakes. You know, that's the biggest thing. Is that it seems like they are constantly in communication with one another. It seems like, you know, so many times in the past they weren't gap sound and they were giving up the big plays. Now you see the guys playing cohesively defense, right? They're 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 in the proper gaps at the right time. It seems like they've got a full understanding of the defense and they're in the right positions at all times. And at the end of the day, they're playing with confidence. They're playing with a swagger. Like that goes so far from the standpoint of the product that you put out on the field. So when you have a defense that is all on the same page, that has a clear understanding of what they're supposed to be doing on every single play call, and they're able to play free and run around and make plays, and then you're building confidence on top of that, you can't ask for more than that from a defense. Like All great defenses have those things going for them. I'm I'm curious what you feel about uh, this step in the progression of Kyle McCord on Saturday. There were certainly some misthrows, some inaccuracy uh, issues at times in that first half. He finished with a pretty impressive stat line, 22 for 35, 280 yards in the touchdown. It's like I, I understand that it was not a perfect performance by any stretch and that Kyle McCord acknowledged the same thing in postgame. Like he's got to continue to get better uh, and take the next step forward. But I think it's probably worth it. I brought this up on weekend kickoff with you guys like, well, where where is this compared to Drew Auer, another first-year starting quarterback? Kyle McCord went on the road and let a comeback to beat Notre Dame against a top-ten opponent, and Drew Auer looked completely lost against Ohio State. So uh, to me, it's like Kyle McCord may be further along in the progression of a normal first-year starting quarterback. It just may not be that he's last year's version of C.J. Stroud. Couldn't agree with you more, and I think a great comparison for all of Buckeye Nation for everyone that that follows the Buckeyes is Drew Aller for Kyle McCord. Compare the two. Look at what Drew Aller did yesterday and look at what Kyle McCord yesterday did yesterday. I'm a hell of a lot happier with having six on my team rather than 15. And I think, you know, everyone's nitpicking him because they expect CJ Stroud. They expect Justin Fields. They expect Dwayne Haskins. He's only in his seventh game as a starting quarterback. I guess eighth because he started once a true freshman against Akron, right? But he is building 
the confidence. He's building uh, a, a, a resume of like, hey, listen, I am legit. I can make the plays that I need to. The one thing I think that scares me yesterday, um, some of the easy throws he didn't complete. Some yeah. of the tough throws, he was spot on and, and, and made those. And so, you know, you can't always make the the tough throws. The easy ones have to be pitch and catch. And I know, I know, uh, you know, Ryan is is in his ear about that, especially today. Like, hey, the ones where you're dudes wide open and all you got to do is hit them between the numbers, make that play, right? And once you do that, then those those throws that uh, are the tough ones that you're completing. Next thing you know, you're having a thirty for thirty five day, right? Instead of twenty four for thirty five or whatever it was. And so, um. Yeah, I mean that that's that's the biggest thing that I would nitpick. But again, we've we've found out that number six, when a play needs to be made, and we talked about this Thursday night or uh yeah, last week on the show. Yep. That when six needs to make a play for the offense, he makes it. And I think that's what you have to look at is that when the back when his back's against the wall, it's like, hey, let's go win this football game, let's put the game away, he gets it done. It helps to have uh, 18 out there, I think. Huh. No doubt. I mean, <laughs> uh, he's a monster, uh, uh, an absolute monster. You know, I know uh, we're all looking for uh, 17 to, to have his coming out party, and I thought he played really good yesterday. But when you've got Marvin Harrison Jr. on the field and going up against number one defense in the country from a ranking standpoint and puts up 11 for 162, I mean, what else could you ask for? That dude put the team on his back and said, hey, throw me the football. I'm going to make the plays when they need to be made. Let's go win this football game. It seems like Ryan Day is getting a little frustrated that people aren't talking about Marvin Harrison the way that they did maybe in the offseason or at the end of last year. Like He brought this up, and he doesn't normally do this in the postgame. Like, I don't understand why he's not on midseason lists i don't understand why they're not talking about him for awards like yeah there's a lot of attention on new guys like keon coleman and roma dunze those are good wide receivers but marvin is like coming off of that ankle injury and a little bit of the slow start with training camp setback and the big hit against indiana now three straight 100 yard games and did this against a team that was statistically as you said zach ranked number one in the country in defense coming into this game like i it's weird now Marvin's become in this situation where he's maybe not even getting the credit he deserves. Yeah, I mean, uh, where was Keon Coleman last night against Duke? <laughs> I, watched, I watched some of that game. Keon Coleman wasn't the anywhere to be found, and they weren't going against it. Uh, you know, I think from that standpoint, Brian... Day has has every right to push his players and to push Marv and um, let the country know, like, hey, you're doing you're, you're doing this kid uh, uh, injustice from that standpoint. And I think, you know, people look at the highlights come Sunday morning because let's be honest, no one's watching all all of these games from start to finish. And so what happens is you've seen some of these other wide receivers like things, but they bring to their football team and how, how uh, 
they completely it's Marvin Harrison Jr. hands down like he is the dude from the standpoint of wide receivers in college football. Zach, when you are watching these games on Saturday, uh, are you embracing a defense first program right now for Ohio State? Or are you just like still trained from the last five, six years of explosive offense? Like, hey, this doesn't feel right. Like, where are you at in that? Because it feels like that's sort of the maybe the disconnect with the way people, whether that's media, national media, fans, people in the stands, anybody like. It feels like that's what's going on right now is like, well, this is a different way for Ohio State to win than what they've been doing. I'm not sure that I like this anymore where it used to be in 2002. Like, that's the perfect formula. I think it changed for me yesterday. You know, I don't know how you feel about it, but I think I think I think I think it finally flipped for me yesterday and I love defense. Absolutely love defense. Yesterday, being at the game knowing that there were times when you are just hitting your head and scratching your head, like, you know, OSU offense goes three and out, and, you know, here comes the defense. But it just said, it seemed like yesterday, more so in the past, you knew the defense was going to come out and just get after them. And you knew they were going to make the play when they need to make it. And so yesterday was that time where I'm like, this defense <laughs> is for real. I'm all for being on defense. We're going to get a turnover. We're going to get a defensive score. Like, I was just waiting, you know, for that next big play, which we saw them make as the game went on. And um, I know this. Ryan Day isn't going to let the offense continually get bailed out by the defense. He is ecstatic that they have a defense that is playing the way they are and expects that performance every single week. But God forbid. Ryan Day lets the offense continue to operate the way they are and continue, especially in big games, to put out the point performance that they are, that will change. I'm telling you, Ryan Day will get that offense humming when the time is needed. All kind of the stars are aligning for Thanksgiving Day weekend in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And I can guarantee you, Ryan Day is going to have that offense ready to freaking rock. Yeah, I knew that that conversation would be unavoidable. I tried to to not talk about Thanksgiving Day weekend, leaving the horseshoe on Saturday night because like that win deserved some time to breathe and be appreciated on its own. You beat an unbeaten team that, as you said, people were talking about Penn State winning the college football playoff, getting to the college football playoff, being able to beat Michigan uh, in a few weeks there in Happy Valley. Like you, you win that game any way you can, and you feel good about it. So I tried to take that approach, but now like that it's in the bank. And you look at the next few weeks, like there is that opportunity potentially for Ohio State to continue to expand the offense. I mean, don't forget, everybody, that they didn't have a Mecca Ibuka and Travion Henderson out there. Those are two pretty key pieces of the arsenal. So you'll get those guys back at some point. Wisconsin on the road, never going to be a fun trip, but they're not the best version of the Badgers yet with Luke Bickle. Rutgers, you know, Michigan State, Minnesota, those those are not teams that should truly test Ohio State. So there's still more opportunity within the season to work out some other kinks. So that sounds crazy because you're seven games in, but it's also true. Uh, 100% true. I think this week uh, is that trap game that everyone's been talking about. I know at the beginning of the year at Land Grant Brewing, when we were looking at the schedule, 
I circled Wisconsin. That was the one yeah. game where I'm like, that's the one that that they could get tripped up. And so, um, granted, Wisconsin's not the same version of themselves, but anytime you go into Madison, night game, you know, the fans are wild. Uh, they're nasty. It's definitely a home field advantage up there, especially at, at nighttime. Um, it's a game, especially coming off this win, you have to take seriously. But to your point, there are... There are definitely a lot of things for this offense to work on. Um, they've got games ahead of them that they shouldn't be tested too much, right? They, they should be able to go in and, and do some different things and work on different things and still come out with sound victories leading up to that game Thanksgiving Day weekend. All right, well, let's get to the uh, finish line on Sunday Blitz, and we do that with a three and out. Ohio State, uh, pretty good at those, so I'm going to guess that Zach's got a few silver bullets in his list of the three best players on Saturday against Penn State. You're, you're going to enjoy this countdown, but number three is Marvin Harrison Jr. Marvin mm-hmm. Harrison, okay. what he was able to do, taking over the game again. Um, yeah, j- just he put the team on his back, scoring that touchdown late in the game. You know, when a big play needed to be made, how many times did Kyle McCord go to 18? He went to 18, and 18 was there to make the play when it needed to be done. And so that is number three uh, for Saturday. Number two is the entire defense. What (laughs) they were able to do, what they were able to do down and down again, especially late in that game when the offense was faltering, being able to get after Drew Aller, being able to uh, stop the run the way they did, when when that's been questioned for so long, being able to uh, break on the football and as a defensive backfield I mean get after him I mean the list goes on Josh Proctor Lathan Ransom Jermaine Matthews jo- you know uh, uh Jordan Hancock getting in on the run game and making massive plays uh OGB I mean I can name drop all those guys for huge plays that they made late in that game or in in, in the entire game and setting yep. the tone for the defense so that's number two and then number one is the entire defense again because that's how <laughs> much that's how much love that they should reserve that's how much they should that's how much love they should get for this game i mean oh my god and now i'll name jim Knowles. i'll name james laurinitis i mean even larry johnson had the dudes coming after right i mean tim walton all of them i mean periano right i i mean all of those guys are just on the same page, and they are having this defense coming out and attacking dudes left and right, and for them to just put a game plan together like that, and for them to dial up the blitzes when they needed to and to always just be one step ahead of the offense, the entire defense gets number one and number two for this week because that's how special they were. I love it. I love it. That's uh, the best twist that we can have on a three and out. I mean, that's what we call it, and it's called the Sunday Blitz, so it should probably be in honor of a defense that made a very strong claim to being the best in the country on Saturday. Just absolutely throttling Penn State. Wound up 20-12 to 12 with that little late garbage touchdown and the only third down conversion that they got of the day. But Ohio State can live with that because that game was over at that point. They They had it in the bag, and they are undefeated heading into the final game in October. A little Halloween special on the road at Camp Randall. We'll have full coverage, of course, all week long as Ohio State gets ready to go visit Wisconsin. Uh, Zach will be back later on this week with a look, another look, deeper look at this defensive performance for the Buckeyes against Penn State, which was truly remarkable. Ohio State uh, 7-0, and 
still very much in the thick of that national title and Big Ten race, and they knocked Penn State a rung below. Uh, a fun Saturday in the horseshoe. Can't wait to keep talking about that throughout the week. Appreciate Zach Bourne's insight on a Sunday blitz, as always, for the podcast. He's Zach. I'm Austin. We'll talk to you later.